Um, and it's supposed to be hot. It's July, the last coming up the last days of July, uh, and it's going to get hotter. If you've not been here, uh, August and September is terrible, but that's just the way the Lord made it, and we'll deal with it. Um, birthdays and anniversaries. Um, Tina White has a birthday Tuesday, which I believe is the first, and uh, Chelsea Roberts has a birthday on the third. Are there any other birthdays or anniversaries this week? All right. Miss Tina, if you'll please rise, we'll sing happy birthday to you. <laughs> birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Hope you have many more. If you please stand again and turn to number 225. And while you're doing that, why don't you turn to your neighbor and greet your neighbor before we sing this next song. Jesus. 
Well, good morning. Once again, I would like to uh, welcome everybody out to Deep Creek Baptist Church. Uh, we've come through the time of our announcements, praises, and prayer requests. Uh, but before we do, uh, let me open in a word of prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we, we just come together to worship you. Lord, remove all the cares and worries of this world and allow us to relax and worship you in your house today. Lord, I ask that, that everything that's done here today will be pleasing to you. I ask you, Lord, to uh, bless each family that's here. Bless those that aren't, those that are traveling, those that are watching us from wherever in the world. Lord, we just ask that you pour out your blessings upon them. Lord, we ask you to, to guide this service that, that what we say here today will impact our lives and we'll be able to take it and walk it out into the world for others to see. Lord, we just love you and we ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Uh, the only announcement I see in the bulletin is uh, they would like to say thank you to all the VBS workers. Uh, I was here Friday night and it was a ball. Uh, I don't know what all went on yesterday. I was tied up someplace else. But I understand it was a huge success. Um, any praises, prayer requests, or any other comments on VBS? Go ahead, Renee. Friday when I walked in there was uh, see, Annie Oakley and Dale Evans was in here uh, and those kids had no idea who either one of them were uh, so uh, the big question Friday night was what was Dale Evans's horse name buttermilk yeah buttermilk anyway uh, but why digress go ahead Renee I'm sorry Stephen did a good job. Uh, I, I can attest. I can attest to both days because I, a plate come home last night and I eat it. Uh, yes, ma'am. I want to praise Renee and Tina for the wonderful job that they do. 
Amen. 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 Um, there's just so many. There's just so many volunteers, um, you know, and and, and I know, I know. I, know. Um, I, I do hate that they took the the scenery down because I, I had already planned to make a to make a, a observation. You know, right here in the front was a was a picture of a wagon, and over here was a donkey pulling the wagon, and I was going to let you. I'll see if there was a resemblance between that donkey and me. Uh, and the reason being is because from time to time in my life, I am referred to as the biblical animal in the, uh, uh, in, in the Bible. Uh, and the word ain't donkey. Uh, so... Uh, and so I represent that. You know, I don't, I don't, I ain't, I ain't upset about it. I do do that sometimes. I can be hard-headed. Uh, my dad used to tell me sometimes I was mule-headed. So, uh, but anyway, uh, with that being said, any praises, prayer requests, or uh, additions to the prayer list? Go ahead, John. Okay. Okay. Uh, for okay. And then, um, uh, for unspoken. All right. Um, uh, I want to add a, a little young man to the prayer list. I don't know his last name. Uh, I know his, his first name is Messiah. Um, he plays football with JR, and uh, yesterday he. Suffered a concussion and acute dehydration, and they had to uh, take him to the to the hospital. He's at home resting. Uh, this is the second concussion that he's had in two seasons, so we're beginning to think that maybe football is over for him. Um, and so, uh, just keep that family in your prayers, Messiah and his family. Um, and uh, there's there's a whole lot going on out there that we need to pray about. Uh, all you have to do is listen to the news and and see what's happening in this world. And this world needs prayer more than anything. And the other thing that it needs, it needs for the for the silent majority to not only become vocal, but to stand together. And we can we can affect change in this world uh, because that's what Christ called us to do. We are to be His. His hands and feet, and we're to be a, a light unto this world. You know, we're not to put a basket over our light that he gave us. Um, and so with that, that's my, my praise and my prayer request is that we will step out and be the kingdom he's called us to be. Any others? Praises, prayer requests. All right, if there are no others, um, it says right here that we have... Uh, uh, Special music, and it's usually after our offertory hymn. Uh, so I'm going to ask, do you guys want to sing this special music, yes or no? I'm, huh? We want you to. You, you want me to? <laughs> well, I can do it. I mean, but I, I mean, I'm asking the little ones uh, and, and, and the middle-sized ones. Uh, Y'all want to sing this, come up and sing this song or not? Yes or no? Has there any time in life that you ever seen kids be quiet? <laughs> What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? Come on, uh, you know. 
All right, I guess that would, I guess their silence would be a new. Um, all right, uh, we'll go for our offertory hymn. I tried. <laughs> if you please stand, our offertory hymn is number 473.
Amen. Amen. <laughs> Y'all won't excuse me. I'm trying to get over a cold. Now, the coldest part's gone is the cough I can't get rid of. Uh, before we get going any further, uh, I have a couple of announcements I would like to make. Um, number one, we're still looking for a piano player, if anybody knows one. Um, and uh, we'll be more than happy to to, to interview them and, and see if they're a fit. Um, we're doing recorded music and uh, I'm not being ugly or anything but it's bad when I with a cold can sing faster than the piano um, and I'm usually I'm the one that's sucking for air trying to keep up but I, today was no issue um, and I apologize for that um, the other announcement that I would like to make now I'm going to make this to the to the children of the church whatever your age is um, what I would like for you to do is get you a bulletin and take it home. And I would like for the children to write down what do you think the leadership of this church cares about? I mean, what does the pastor think? What do you like about the pastor? What do you dislike about the pastor? What do you like about the deacons? What do you dislike about the deacons? What do you like about the Sunday school teachers and dislike the Sunday school teachers? I, I want the children to do that because I'm going to get the most honest answers I'm ever going to get. And then I'm going to collect them. They can bring them to me next Sunday. I'll collect them and I'll go over them. And then I will meet with all of us together. This names is on that list. And we'll say, all right, this is what we're doing good. This is where we need to work on doing better. And so... Uh, it's the, and then the next week, I'm going to get the parents to do the same thing, the adults. I want to know what y'all think. I want to know what we're doing good, what we're not. Um, and uh, just so you know, I prayed about this, and it's going to take some tough skin, I'm sure. Uh, because I can assure you, everybody's not going to be pleased with me all the time. And I'm okay with that. But I think there's some other people that's, not, that's, that's going to be shocked when they see what people think about them too. The good things are going to be wonderful. The not so good things are going to be hard to deal with. You're going to want to get angry and got to go through all these emotions. And we can't do that because this is for God's kingdom. So with that being said, y'all be in prayer about this. Write it down. And we'll read it and we'll act on it. So uh, it's just some homework. All right. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn 
to the book of John, chapter 3. Um, I had a conversation yesterday. Yesterday I had the opportunity at a football tournament to, to pray with a lot of children and a lot of adults. And I got the opportunity to pray with individuals and talk to individuals. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing to be able to sit in a chair with a fan blowing on you at 100 degrees and be able to converse about the Lord. Uh, because you cut through all the, all the chase. You cut through all the beating around the bush. It's hot. Let's get it out there. Let's get this conversation rolling. Um, and so there was some, there was some questions that, that came up. And uh, I'd been working on this for a while. And, uh, and so here it is. Uh, I'm going to start reading in the third chapter of John, chapter 32. I mean, uh, verse 32. And I'm going to read to the end of the chapter. It says, and what he hath seen and heard that he testifieth, and no man receiveth uh, his testimony. He, hath, uh, he that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. 34, for he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things unto his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to, to open this up to us. Lord, that we can understand the position of people when we address them. We need to understand where they're at. We need to understand their position and what, what we can do to help them change their position. Lord, we love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, verse 36 is really, I read this because the front of the verses is setting up verse 36. Verse 36 is, you need to understand either pardon or perdition. Uh, it's a choice. The verse clearly states that the position of the pardoned sinner. And so we read it again. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. The position of a pardoned sinner is he has everlasting life. When you receive everlasting life, it cannot be taken away from you. Jesus has made the statement, what the Father has put in my hand, no man can take out. So if no man can take you out of the hand of Jesus, you can't take you out. That's why Baptists believe once saved, always saved. Does that mean that you're going to have a perfect life? Not? No. Does that mean you still don't have to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness? Yes, you do. But not for salvation, but for maintaining the relationship with God. You're saved. And when he saved you that day that you came to Christ, you were 100% saved. He didn't give you a half a salvation. He didn't give you three quarters of a salvation. He gave you 100% salvation. Now, whether you forgive yourself and walk in that light or not, that's a different story. But God called you. You accepted it. You had a heartfelt, mind-changing experience with God. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. You became a new person that moment. That's the first miracle you were it. You were it. 
There's no need to worry about your salvation. It is set. Right here it says, the verse clearly states that the position of the pardoned sinner is, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You know what that means? Everlasting life. You will be in heaven. You will be with God forever. And then the verse clearly states the position of the unpardoned sinner. <coughs> Excuse me. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Not in him, but on him. So what does that mean? The wrath of God abideth on him. He is going to suffer forever until he changes his position. Instead of becoming an unpardoned sinner, he becomes a pardoned sinner. The verse clearly states that the perdition of the unpardoned sinner shall not see life. He shall not see life. It says, He that believeth not on the Son shall not see life. You know what that means? That when he dies, he faces judgment and he faces the second death. See, the Bible tells us that God has appointed man to die once and then the judgment. You get pardoned by Christ and you skip that judgment. You walk around, you're already, we've heard it said before, those who believe in God have been pardoned. Those who do not are already condemned. They will be condemned forever. Those who have been pardoned will spend eternity with God. Those who have not will spend eternity in hell. That's the only two places they're as real as this building. And also says the prospect. The prospect. The sinner. It says he that. In both places it says he that. He that believeth, the sinner. The possibility of everlasting life. And he that believeth, faith. We come through there by faith. The petitioner, the pardoner, the son, the Christ. Christ is our position. Christ is our savior. Christ is the only way to God. He says it himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. Contrary to what the world would have you believe. I know I've been harping on this. All roads do not lead to heaven. They don't. There is only one way to heaven. That, narrow, that way is narrow, it's an exclusive, and it's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, period. There is no other name under the Son by which man are given everlasting life and salvation. That's the Son of Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. That is Him. The privilege, he that believeth on the Son, he that believeth not the Son. There's a privilege there. There's a privilege. He that believeth on the Son has to make a choice. He that believeth not on the Son has to make a choice. It is a free choice. It is up to you to make. Now the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. He's going to bring you right up to the point to where you realize you need a Savior. And that is when you... Individually, this is the individual part of Christianity, have to make that decision. Grandma and grandpa can't make it for you. The fact that you were raised in a church that had been founded in, for 200 years by your elders and your, your, your grandparents and great-grandparents and parents before that makes no standing before God. There are going to be people 
who are going to rely upon their family tradition that are going to burn in hell. They're going to walk the aisle. They're going to think they're saved. They're not going to change their lifestyle. They don't know who Christ is. They don't have a relationship with Christ. And they will burn in hell, period. And it's not me. It's in the Word of God. The reason that I am so fired up about preaching about heaven and hell is because that is what is happening. If you want somebody to go to hell, leave them alone. Don't talk to them about God. Just leave them alone. They're already headed there. Who do you feel like needs to know about Christ? We all know those people. Do we pray about them? Do we talk to Christ with them? Because when we stand before God on our little thing that we have to give account for, what we've done with the salvation that we received, whose names are going to pop up that we didn't share the gospel with? A great example was I was a youth director. And we took a bunch of you kids and we went to a, uh, a youth rally up at, uh, uh, God, what's the name of that place in the mountains? The Baptist just sold, uh, that Billy Graham and them opened up there. Anyway, yeah, Ridgecrest, we were there. And there was all kind of kids from all over the place. It was called Winter Fuge. And um, we had about 18 people go. 18 kids and about the four adults. And so anyway, we, we get up there. They do this skit. The kids do. And they're riding. They got the chairs lined up. And they're lined up like they're riding in a bus. And one of them's driving. Or in a car. And they're all cutting up and listening to music and all. And all of a sudden, he turns around and looks in the back. They crash. All the chairs fall over. All of them children were dead. And then out of the back comes... Two kids in white robes and two kids in black robes. The white robes grabbed them, brought them over here, and then there was a kid up here. And he said, what's your name? And they called that child's name because the child told them their name. And they looked through a book. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Enter into the joy of the Lord. They went down the list. Two of the kids told their name three times, four times, and their name wasn't written in the book. And adults, we were sitting in the stand, sitting there, you know, while they're putting this on. And the two guys in the black robes were dragging the two kids, the name that wasn't written in the Lamb's Book of Life, down the aisle. And they're crying, physically crying, because it had become a visual picture to them. And they stopped. And one of them asked her dad and asked me, you're my youth pastor and you're my dad. How come you didn't tell me about this? And out the back they went. I'm here to tell you, that touched me. I made a vow with the Lord. I said, you give me the ability and the voice, I will share the gospel wherever I go. I want no one to cross the threshold of hell that I've come in contact with not having heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moms and dads, we share the gospel with everybody in the world. Why do we not share it with our children? They're the most precious thing we have, and that is our responsibility. Dads, it is our responsibility to put our children in a position to make a decision for Jesus Christ. We will answer for that with our time that we've had since we received salvation. Why do you think God put the man ahead of the household? Because we're the spiritual leaders of our house. We are. 
we, like most men today, have advocated our roles because of this thing that came out that's out of, that's out of hell, feminism. Ladies, I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells you you are to support your husband. Men, your Bible tells you that you are to protect your wives like Christ protected the church. How much did Christ protect the church? So much so that he died for it. He died for it. We have one paragraph, and that's what it says. Ladies, you got four. You need to read them. I'm not going to get into why you got four, because I got to go home this afternoon. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, we have a responsibility. These things that we do, these, these gatherings we have, and they're all great. But if we're not propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are just going through the motions. Look at our world today. There are people out there who are starving to hear the word of Jesus Christ. There's a group of kids out there today who are looking for something to fill the void and they're turning away from what they're hearing in school and they're turning away from the things they're hearing in college. They're looking for something real and the real is Jesus Christ. Period. Think about it. Who led you to Christ? Who have you led to Christ? Who have you planted seeds with? Who have you watered? Who have you cultivated? Who have you come along beside and discipled them to maturity? Who? You know why churches don't grow tremendously? Because there's no disciple makers there. You couldn't handle it, so God doesn't send them. Who, who is in charge of a little? Little is respected. Who is in charge of a lot? A lot will be expected. Now, I'm paraphrasing that. God has called us to let people know whether they're going to be pardoned or whether they're going to spend it in perdition. They let them know whether they're going to choose life or death. The decision is theirs. They can't make a decision if we don't tell them. When you go to buy a car, do you just walk up and buy the car or do you want to Walk around, kick the tires, check it out, open the hood, make sure that everything's right. Find out if there's a warranty. Find out if there's anything wrong with it. Make sure it's not smoking out the, out the valve covers and all, you know, out of the oil ports. Pull the dipstick, make sure oil's not shooting out of it. We, we do all of this to make sure we don't buy a lemon. Why will we not do the same thing to share the gospel of everlasting life? We plant seeds, we grow gardens, and we harvest, and we have a great time. We share the abundance with everybody. Why aren't we planting the seeds of the gospel? Why? Are we afraid? God tells us 365 times in his word, fear not, I am with you. What do you have to fear? Fear is of Satan. Trust me, I know, I've had to fight fear my whole life. And you know what comes immediately following fear? I wished I had. I wished I had. I wished I had. Face it. And if you're a child of Christ and you're worried about people cussing you out or you're worried about people rejecting you, they rejected Jesus. They rejected him so much so they crucified him. Most folks today, all they're going to tell you is, Get away. I don't want to hear that noise. 
He might be rejected a thousand times. And that thousand and one, man, I'm so glad you shared this with me. I've been waiting my whole life to unload. We don't know. It's not our job to know who's ready to receive. It's our job to, re to put it out there. We don't save anybody. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to propagate the message. What did Christ say when he was at the well? He said, oh, look at the harvest. It's so ready. But there's so few workers. So few workers. Are we ready to go and harvest souls for the gospel? Are we ready to just do what we've been doing? Oh, pastor, that's a great message, but that's not my calling. God didn't call me to share the gospel. My gift is, is, is working in the kitchen. And my gift is doing this or mowing the grass or whatever it is. Yes, he did. He called us all. He called us all. In Colossians, he tells us we're a royal priesthood. We're a peculiar people. We're not of this world. We're ambassadors here. We're traveling through. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven. That's where our father is. That's where our brother Jesus Christ is. We've been adopted and cut into the vine. We've been grafted in. We're no orphans on earth. There's no orphans in the family of God. You're either in or you're not. There's no middle ground. You're either saved or you're not. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's, that's it. Contrary to popular teaching, there is no middle ground. There's no perdition. You can't walk the fence with Jesus Christ. You're either all in or all out. If you're sitting here today and you're 99% sure you're saved, I can assure you you're 100% lost. You have to know by the Holy Spirit that you are saved. I can confidently stand here today and know my destination is heaven. Without a doubt. Nothing can shake that for me. I know it. I know it as good as I'm drawing my breath. I know it as good as I lay my head down at night. I expect to wake up in the morning, but if I don't, that's okay. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. <coughs> in the terms of game boards, checkmate, I win. So where are you at on the game board? Are you ready to win? Are you sure you're going to heaven? Because if you're not, today's the day. See, this salvation period that we're in from the death of Christ until he returns and calls his church out of here is going on and it's getting shorter. There's just little things happening around the world. The Euphrates River is going dry. The Bible says in Jeremiah that it would dry up. Also, according to Jeremiah, he said, I will have rivers flow out of nowhere in the desert. Guess what happened last month? Flowing river popped up in the desert over there. Gushing from the ground in the middle of the desert and is a vital waterway today. 30 days later, it's a river. The Bible is being completed. Do I know when? No. But I know this. When the trumpet sounds, I'm there. Can you make that statement wholeheartedly? Can you make that statement that your children are going to be there? Can you make that statement that your parents are going to be their children? You can witness to mom and dad. And I can tell you this right now. You can aggravate your mom and dad until they bring you to church. 
I know I was aggravated as a child. When I was coming up, I had a drug problem. My mom and dad drugged me to church because I didn't want to go. I'm part of that generation that if you started crying, they told you to be quiet or they give you something to cry for. We turned out all right. We turned out all right. They didn't spoil the rod back then. I can tell you that right now. They didn't spare it. They might have broke it, but they didn't spare it. I think they had a, I think they had a lifetime guarantee. You break the rod, we'll give you another one. But the whole point is, the whole point is, Jesus is the reason for everything that we do. People are going to say, oh, God doesn't exist. Really? I like that question. God doesn't exist. I said, so you expect me to believe that everything came from nothing? I ain't got that much faith. I don't. You mean miraculously, just out of the clear blue, we crawled out of the muck and mire and decided to form ourselves and become people? Nah. And another thing, I did not descend from a monkey, even though I may look like one. My ancestors are not chimpanzees or apes, even though they may act like one. I am a child of God. Amen. I was wonderfully knitted in the womb. He knew me before the foundation of the world. There's no such thing as a useless human being. No such thing. We're made in the image of God. Every one of us. Some of us, God was in a hurry. <laughs> Some of us, not so much. He was all right. Uh, but the main thing is, is the essence of God is in all of us. And our job is to share the gospel. It is your calling. It is your responsibility. It's my responsibility. And I would be remiss if I stood up here and did not talk about heaven and did not talk about hell because that's what God has told me to do. I need to know, the, I need to let you know the consequences of your decision. Every decision has eternal consequences. And until you're saved, all you're doing is stacking up vengeance with God. But once you become a child of God, Surrender your life to Him. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to come into your heart and rule over your life. Then your destination is heaven and you will slowly begin to change. Your friends are going to walk away from you. Oh, you think you're better than me now that you got saved. No, I don't think I'm better than you. I know I'm worse than you. The only difference is, is I now have a Savior. He saved me. I don't have to live like this anymore. I can cut the chains that bind us. I can leave all the baggage at the cross. I don't have to drag that crap around any longer. I am free. The gospel will set you free. It's on my heart that everybody gets free. You know the ark? It floated. But he think about the 125 years that Noah built that ark. Don't you think people made fun of him? In the middle of the desert, it had never rained on earth before, and he's building a giant boat. The size of an oil tanker. He's putting provisions in it. And then he gets the animals in. He closes, God closes the door. And the screaming and the yelping and the water starts falling. Well, the same thing. The ark of salvation is open now. 
And it's going to be open until Christ comes back. I don't think the door is going to be open as long going forward as it has been in the past. Now, how many years at it? I don't know. I just know every day we're getting closer. Every day we're getting closer. And one day, that ark of salvation is going to close the door. And if you're on the outside, eternity in hell, period. You cannot like me. You cannot like the message. I don't care. That's fact. Read the book. It's in there. And it's my prayer and my hope that no one, no one here today crosses that threshold into hell. And when they get there, well, Pastor Jerry didn't tell me. Now you can say, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I hope that you people run into somebody that needs to hear that message <coughs> so they can't say that about you. I hope when I get there that this is what I hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. And then when I stand before him and he takes everything in my life that I've done and puts it through the fire furnace so that my reward will be laid out, that there's something there of pure that I can lay at the feet of Jesus as an offering. I hope I have some of those. And it doesn't matter to me if I'm the janitor in heaven. It beats the heck out of being the CEO of hell. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to bless everyone that's here. Lord, I ask you to touch their hearts. If they're not right, I pray today they get right. Lord, I ask that no one leaves this place without being made right with you. If they backslid or whatever they've done, today is the day, Lord. Today is the day of salvation. You are near. Let them go, go for it. Nobody cares what you've done in the past. Lord, you're going to wipe the slate clean. You're going to wipe the slate clean. It won't be remembered. Lord, you are faithful. You will never throw up our sins in our face. The only one that does that is your adversary who's lost, and that's Satan. God, I love you. And I pray that everything today was pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.